0: This week on the show, our pop culture references, we review the graphic novel Castle in the Stars, the Space Race of 1869, and fortune cookies. It's the 4th of July, 2022, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. I'm this week's host, Evan, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Linnea. Hello! And Brian. Hello. Yes, hello, Dad. Now, let's start off this week with our pop culture references. Who wants to go first?
1: I think the host should go first.
0: I guess I'll go first then. (laughs) (laughs) This week I have some sad news because one of the most popular Minecraft YouTubers named Technoblade passed away of stage 4 cancer at the age of 23 that's so sad. Yeah. He informed his fans in a video prior, but he said that it was getting better. And then mm. his parents recorded a video lately saying that he passed away. And they, he wrote down one last message, like, I think eight hours before he died to his fans. He never got to record anything for them. And it was, it's sad. No, that's really sad. My pop culture reference is that there's a new Sims 4 expansion pack called Sims 4 High School Years, and I assume that they're now able to go to high school and you can watch them. Okay, so I know the Sims are able to go to college, so now they added high school too? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not that you follow them, but you can see high schools? I'm not really sure. You just look at the high schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your kid just leaves like they normally do, but you you get to look at the high schools. Yeah. Okay, now, Dad, you should go, you silly goose.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't know where that came from. Uh, my news is something that makes me wish I had unlimited funds to fly anywhere in the world because I would fly over to London... Because the Royal Shakespeare Company is putting on a stage play of Totoro. Oh, really? Yeah. It's going to be on the stage from October 8th through January 21st. And the Jim Henson Creature Shop is making the puppets for the show. You might know them. You know, they make the Muppets and all that kind of stuff.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, there's no no pictures or anything, but... I mean, I think a Jim Henson-created giant Totoro would be really cool to see.
0: So cool.
1: Uh, man, so I would love to go over there and see that. Hey, any listeners, if you want to send us over there to see that, we would gladly go and then do uh, a review.
0: <laughs> now onto our main topic for this week, the graphic novel Castle in the Stars, The Space Race of 1869, published by Alex Alice. The book takes place in Europe in the 1800s where we meet and Dulac, a young boy whose mother set out on her hot air balloon to the ends of the atmosphere to find the mysterious element known as Aether a year ago and never returned. One day, with the promise of receiving his mother's logbook of the journey, he and his father set out on a journey to Germany. While there, he meets a young Aether enthusiast named Hans and his half-sister Sophie working at the royal castle. Along with that, they discover a spy that is trying to overthrow the king and rule Germany. Now, on to our questions. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? I can go first. Or do you want to go, Dad? I I didn't forget about you. No, you can go. (laughs) Okay, but you can go, Linnea. So, this was, like, a really big book. Like, I'm not used to reading graphic novels that are this big. Yeah, it's like the French version of Cody. And I wasn't expecting it to be a graphic novel either. I thought it'd be more like a picture book. It was really cool. It was kind of a lot like Cody, but way bigger. It was like Cody, except there's like a, more of a story and mm-hmm. more words. Yeah, like the just the style of the graphic novel in general was similar to the way Cody was styled. Like not was- not a lot of like super clear defined like, outlines, just more smooth, watercolory stuff. Yeah. Was there anything that confused you about when you, like, first read the book? Because when I started reading, I thought that Aether was, it was, like, a kingdom in the sky. I didn't think it was just, like, an element. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I get confused about with this book, but I mean maybe maybe it explains it in the next like 4 or 3 I think. Have you read any of them? No, we don't have any of them. Like what's with the cousin at the end? It well, you know, all all the different kings and queens are related. Yeah, but like what's her purpose? What did she do? Her purpose <laughs> is to be there. I mean, she helps in the end.
1: Yeah, she did just kind of show up and it was a little bit confusing. As to her purpose, I'm thinking it's that the king, who's a little standoffish, you know, he only interacts with people who are his status or whatever. He doesn't want to deal with the kids. So I think we need her point of view to get his point of view. That I don't know if that makes sense. I think you know, somehow we have to get inside his head, and I think she is our vehicle to do that.
0: I guess. Uh, what did you think about the character designs? I, I thought they were really interesting. I really liked Hans since he had whiskers. <laughs> I found that funny. I like how you could tell who the bad guy was just by looking at him. You just like see him and you're like, oh yeah, he's he's a bad guy. Yeah, I really like the character design of Hans because he just looks so cute. He does. He's just he was, so lovable. You just kind of want to grab him by the cheeks and the squish him. Yeah, it's too bad he smokes. <laughs> I also thought the king's design was pretty cool. Yeah. The king reminds me of Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, yeah. Just in design and maybe the way he acts. (laughs) I like the design of the grandpa and the design of the mean guy with the sword. (laughs) The villain? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I found some of the character designs a little bit frustrating, I think, a lot of the adults look a lot like each other. Like, for example, the opening chase where Seraphine and his dad are running through the train station and I couldn't tell the bad guy from Seraphine's dad and after a while I just had to think, okay, his dad is wearing a top hat and that's the only way I could distinguish him. So I think, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of the adults look a bit similar.
0: Okay, so I've been wondering, how old does Hans seem to you? Yeah, I was really confused, because at first I thought he was just, like, a 10-year-old child. But then he smoked. And then he was like, yeah, when I'm in the air, I just close my eyes and take a good smoke. <laughs> like, what? He smokes, and but he also seems so cute and chubby. But also, he's a genius, so. How old is Seraphine? Do we know? You mean Sophie? No, Seraphine, the main character. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's probably like a teenager, like 13 or 14.
1: Yeah, I think this goes back to the character designs. I believe the author has a hard time drawing the ages of these people consistently. Like for the first time we meet Sophie, she's in the bathtub and it she looks like a full-grown woman and then I think she's actually only a year or two older than either of the boys. And I feel like she's being drawn inconsistently. And the same goes for Seraphine, too. I feel like in some panels, he looks young, and then in some panels, he looks old. And maybe it's hard to keep it that consistent in watercolors or whatever medium they use, but yeah, it w- that was a little tidbit that bothered me throughout the book.
0: Okay, so yeah, also, what did you think of the king? Mm, I like that he supported fairy tales. He's, he's very like interested in this whole Aether thing. I liked his philosophy that fairy tales aren't there to tell you that dragons exist, but they're there to tell you how to slay them. Also, while looking at this book, I, I learned that this castle is actually a real place that was actually like involved in hot air balloons trying to get oh, into space in this time. That's really cool. Yeah, I find that interesting.
1: I feel like there's something that we're missing about the king. You know, he's sequestered himself in a room and he just feels so, oh, I'm lonely and I'm all alone and I'm just going to sit here by myself. And like, what, what put him in the state of mind? Why is he there? I don't know. It, it. I feel like there's some backstory that we're missing with the king, you know, because he's interested in this ether stuff, but you know, why, what prompted him to get into this and be so excited about it? Except he's not excited. He's sitting in his room being morose Something doesn't quite make sense, and maybe that's explained in another book.
0: Who was your favorite character? My favorite character. We've talked about a lot of them so far. I liked the grandpa. He was really nice. Except when he got mad at people, then he was mean. What about you, Dad?
1: I think I like undercover Sophie. And by that, I mean Sophie after she's been kicked out and then she returns and she's disguised and she gets to work with Seraphine and Seraphine kind of starts to realize that he might kind of like her a bit. I think it's cool that she's risking a lot by coming back to this place where she was kicked out of, but she's still loyal to the king even though she got exiled or removed from her post. But she still believes, Seraphine, that there is a spy and she's willing to help even after all that's happened. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess I could see... For Triss. Definitely. Who was your favorite character, Evan? Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I like I liked his dad. His dad just seemed very down to earth for somebody who wanted to get into space. Wait, did I say his grandpa? Yeah, I oh. think.
1: Yeah, you've been saying that for a while now, and I've been really confused as to who you were talking about.
0: <laughs> I meant his dad. <laughs> <laughs> I kept for, I kept forgetting that his dad wasn't his grandpa because he just looks super old. <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> it's okay, they're not talking about you, Dad.
1: Yeah, i just be glad I don't make you guys do trigonometry when I get angry at you. So, Evan, back on episode 79 when we were talking about the book Airborne, uh, you had said that it reminded you of this graphic novel. And this book also reminds me a bit of the anime Castle in the Sky by Hayao Miyazaki. So I was wondering how you think this story compares to that one, or contrasts, or which of those you prefer.
0: In the title, Castle in the Sky and Castle in the Stars sound very similar, but I feel like they don't really have much in common except for the flight aspects of both of them. Okay, see, the reason I thought that Aether was a kingdom and not an element was because of... Like, when I saw Castle in the Stars, I immediately thought of Castle in the Sky, and I just assumed there is a mysterious castle floating in the sky, and that was what Aether was. Well, actually, in Minecraft, like, the Aether is, like, a different dimension. So I was like, oh, is this, like, new dimension in space? Yeah, I can see how it reminded you of Airborne. Like, yeah, that was one of my questions, too. They're literally, like, just airships. Because it's just, yeah, and it's a lot of the genre, too, is, like, airborne, because it's sort of steampunk-esque. Like, they both follow a young teenager. Like, slightly European. Who's had at least one f- adult family member die. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> At least in this one, he's with his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot about, like, how airships work. There's a lot of diagrams in this book showing... Like how to—they were gonna put the airship together. This is more like building airships than running them. Though, mm-hmm.
1: so. I actually think some of my favorite pages in the book are those diagrams and cross sections of the cool ships that they were building. Uh, I just—I I, mean—I could look at those all day. Those schematics and things they were just fun to imagine what it would be like to live in kind of a steampunk era with with these flying ships and dirigibles and and strange ether engines.
0: Oh, yeah, it's interesting.
1: So this book is by a French author, and that reminded me of our two-episode talk with Jared Cullum back on episodes 83 and 84, where he mentioned that graphic novels in France are much larger than those that you find in the U.S. And, of course, this book is much larger than the normal graphic novels that we have around the house. So I was wondering if you like the larger size of this.
0: Mm-hmm. We already... St- talked about that a bit earlier but I think I honestly prefer smaller sizes because when a book is so big that I have to kind of struggle to hold it it just kind of takes something away and like although the art is way bigger and you can see it better and it's really pretty like I feel like I can get so distracted by the pretty art that I almost pay less attention to the story. I feel like also with other books they're like something that you could take around and show other people. With this book, it's just, like, hard because it would take up all the space that you have. It's just, like, so big, especially since it's a hardcover copy. For me, I feel like you only get the hardcover copy if you've already read the book and enjoy it because it just helps you look at the artwork better. But we got the hardcover copy and we haven't even looked at it much before this. (laughs)
1: So looking at the art style of this book, it feels like it was done in watercolors. Uh, once again, kind of kind of, just like the medium Jared Cullum used for Cody. So what would you think of the art style of this, this book?
0: I like the art styles a lot for this book. We already said it reminds us of, of Cody, but it also takes, like, another different route than Cody at the same time. So, like, they're similar but different. Like... If you compared a character from this book to a character in Cody, other than Hans, of course, they would be very different. Yeah, they're very different styles of drawing characters. Like, I feel like Cody puts a lot into the backgrounds and, like, slightly less... Like, the characters look a bit more cartoony than they do in this. Over Cody, I feel like I was always drawn to look at the backgrounds... This book was more of, like, um, not-that for me. It I was, like, like a the, better mix. The characters were, like, focused on being pretty just as much as the backgrounds. And not to say that takes away anything, because both of the books are still amazing, and I would mm-hmm. recommend them. I think maybe it's because Cody was more for a younger audience that the characters look a bit more cartoony and exaggerated. I could see that. Jared Cullum is very smart. Okay, So, anybody have any final questions that you just thought of? I don't think I do. Do you, Dad?
1: Nope, I'm good. I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about.
0: Dad, rating. I chose you. (laughs) Haha.
1: This book is a little hard for me. I really like the steampunk quality. I love the diagrams that I was talking about. I mean, I would give it a 9.5 out of 10 for those. I think the art is pretty cool. That's going to be maybe an 8 out of 10. The story, I thought, even for as long as the book was, it felt like it just jumped too fast. Like, Seraphin and Hans just suddenly became friends, it seemed, overnight, and they were best buddies, and it feels like a lot of time passed, but we didn't really see that. And not that you have time for that in a novel like this, but I guess it was just a pacing issue. The pacing seemed inconsistent. And then, of course, as I was saying, the uh, even though it's lush colors and watercolors and and real beautiful drawings, the characters' ages felt inconsistent to me over the book. Sometimes they were older, sometimes they were younger. And I found that a little hard to follow, so that kind of detracted from it too. So I think overall I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10.
0: I could see that, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. I think I would give it... um. I would give it a 7. It did good with how all the things that it had to do, but it's still left on a cliffhanger. That means we have to buy the second book, so that's not fun. Yeah, I think I'd also give it uh, maybe a 7.5 out of 10, just because it, so, it was just so well made and painted, and yeah. There's just a lot, I feel like, that needs to be explained, because I still don't really understand what Aether is. Yeah, if they explain more, I would raise it. <laughs> it's like, like, how are they getting it? Are, are people just going like, I'm going to jump into space and grab a net and take some down? I'm just going to vacuum seal this bag and then bring it up to space and grab some of this Aether. Is his mom alive or not? <laughs> maybe that's something for the later books maybe because like it implied that she's dead but we never saw the body which means she's, she's probably, probably not alive. remember kids if you never see a body they're not dead <laughs> okay now it's really time for fortune cookies indeed so my fortune this week is open your mind and heart to good things So I guess I would have to open my mind and heart to this book or whatever we review tomorrow. Mine is Wealth Awaits you Very Soon. I like that. Maybe this podcast is going to do well. Maybe. Maybe.
1: My fortune is old friends make best friends.
0: Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Lunchbox Reaction. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. You can check us out on Twitter at lunchboxreaction. Thanks for listening. Thanks to my co-host Linnea. Goodbye. And Brian. So long. Goodbye indeed. And we'll see you all next time at the lunch table. Hopefully. Hopefully.